Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone welcome back it is another episode of the hook rocks the ultimate rock community podcast thanks again for listening and taking time out of your day to give us a listen we always appreciate it we are part of the pantheon podcast network the official network podcast network for metallica so check out their podcast on our platform and check out the other music related podcasts on pantheon there's something for everyone's music taste you can follow them on instagram twitter and facebook at pantheon pods and you can do the same with the Hook Rocks on all three of those platforms, just search up the Hook Rocks. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download and like us, follow us, or subscribe to us wherever you podcast. We've got uh, some great recent episodes. We just celebrated our 500th episode with Dax Nielsen from Cheap Trick. We also celebrated our four-year anniversary with Nita Strauss, a great guitar player from Alice Cooper, and some great episodes recently like we had Brett Emmons from Glorious Sons, who just recently stopped by and talked with us. We had Wendy Dio, the life of the wife of the late 
Ronnie James Dio talking about the documentary Dreamers Never Die, as long as others throughout the year, too, like Rick Nielsen and Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy. We've had a whole bunch of great episodes, so please check those out. We've got another episode of one of my favorite up and coming. Well, you can't really say up and coming because he has emerged and he's kicking ass and he's got a great album <laughs> that was out this past June. And that is Aaron Jones. What's happening, man? How are you? What's, what's going on, brother? How are you, man? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for doing this. Looking forward to getting to know you over the next 30 minutes or so. And just wanted to talk with you about what you're currently doing and the great album, The Chronicles of the Kid, that was released back in June. And uh, one of my favorite albums released so far this year. Thank you, man. Uh, I'm out here just chilling. I'm, I'm on backstage right now, getting ready for our last show here with Daughtry on this tour. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I got some stuff coming up with uh, GNR uh, in the next month and uh, some festivals and things, man. So just keeping the ball rolling, you know, and, and then uh, it's, it's busy as it is. And then, you know, we just hit number one. So uh, it's about to get a lot busier. So, we, you know, we're just kind of taking up our time as we can. Awesome, man. Um, I, I always enjoy hearing when an emerging artist that is fairly new over the last few years is starting to really resonate with a crowd and audience and build that up because, you know, rock and roll has been kind of getting the the shaft over the last decade or so. It's like someone flicked a switch and said, no rock and roll for every, for anyone, kind of like the Seinfeld episode, no soup for you. And it just seems like all these young bands, including yourself, are really starting to emerge and connect with a younger audience, which is great to see. Yeah, man, it's it's been cool. I mean, I, I was talking once yesterday about how, you know, I, I think uh, I became part of this new wave of music that happened after the pandemic. You know, there's like pre-pandemic music and then there's post-pandemic music. And it was like a whole new wave of artists coming out post-pandemic that kind of changed the scope of music. So I can see myself to be part of this class of people right now that are helping kind of reform and reshape the ears of the people that are listening to rock right now. That's awesome. Well, we always begin with the same first question we ask every time we have a first-time guest on the show, and that is really the essence of what we're all about. Just like every rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Ooh, a band or performance, man. I, I'll probably say... Or a song or an album. Or, or a song or an album. I don't know, man. There's, there's so many. I, I think... I really got inspired was uh, at one point um, I was uh, asked to play on tour with Janelle Monet, And I think that was an artist that I think inspired me more than anything to become an artist, you know? So I'd say Janelle for me, is the artist that I've listened to and I've just kind of, I got to, I grew, I grew to love in that time period. And I think that was probably one of the most inspirational people um, that I've ever had a chance to be around, you know? Uh, and on top of then like, you know, Records like Jimi Hendrix, artists like Jimi Hendrix, or someone who, who like really inspired me to to be do what I do and be who I am. And um, records like um, Battle for Los Angeles, you know, Raises the Machine, <laughs> you know, things like things like that. When you saw the performance by Janelle and and, it, and you know captured you, and obviously with Hendrix, like you mentioned, Rage Against the Machine. When did it become something that you wanted to be, like you wanted to be on stage and perform? Was it at that moment or did it grow into that? It kind of grew into it, but but it was at that moment. I mean, there was a point in time where I got asked to come and be like the permanent guitar player for this band. So I would have had to relocate and like re, you know, kind of move my life and, you know, go on tour with this band. And I chose not to because 
just being on that, that tours and the few times that I did with those guys, um, it inspired me to want to just do my own thing, you know? And so I just focused on being an artist from that point forward, you know, but those performances, I mean, I, I remember every, I mean, it was during the arc Android record. Every performance she did was, was on point. It was stellar, stellar artists, her whole demeanor, everything about her life was her art, you know? And so for me, I think that that was what I wanted to do for myself was create that kind of world for myself after seeing her do that. As far as writing goes and, and writing lyrics to songs, was there a song that inspired you to write music instead of just playing it? Um, no, you know, that, that was a really young age thing. I never really got, there was never really like a person that, that inspired me to write. I don't think, I, I just really always was drawn to words, you know, and drawn to lyrics and drawn to storytelling. You know, those are things that I, I just like grew up in love with. I can't say there was ever one artist. You know, if I, if I had to, pick apart someone's lyrics. I'd probably say Michael Jackson was the first artist I really got into like that, you know, lyrically. But I was always just really into writing poetry and songs and, and all that stuff. But from like a really, really young age, you know. As far as writing goes, when you do pick your subject to write about, is it based on personal experience? Is it based on observation? Is it based on something that you feel or imagine where do you find that inspiration to write lyrics uh everywhere all, all of the above man all of the above experiences and things that like stories that, that things i've experienced and finding ways to tell those stories and about those people in my life and those things that i i've gone through man those are those are inspirations living life you know like at this point in, in time where you know here i am coming off my second number one single in my life has been a blur since 2021 non-stop you know and uh and so I've lived a lot of life in that time period. So a lot of the, it's, it's all stories, man. It's all like stories I want to tell and, you know, climates and political things and observations, all that. You know. This question is based around two recent interviews that I had. One was with Brett from Glorious Sons and the other one yeah. was earlier this year with Scott Stevens. Yeah, um, Scott. Yeah. yeah, Scott's a great dude. Great guy. Um, and yeah. we talked about what what makes a song great. Is it the lyrics for you or is it the melody that first gets your creative process going? Um, it's, it's, it's a combination. It's a combination of both. For me, sometimes it's the lyric, you know, sometimes it's, it's like something that's so strong that it just, it, it just like desires words or desires melodies and, and harmonies and beats and, and to be spoken, you know, but sometimes you just write a dope groove. You know I mean? I'm, I mean, right with Scott, for instance, we just had like some really cool grooves every now and again that we just liked a lot. And then we kind of got together and let the music write itself over the top of it, you know. So uh, sometimes it's a little problem based on the comedy. I mean, I, I leave myself wide open for all that, though. You know, like, like I don't think that, uh, I think for me as a songwriter, it's all about drawing inspiration wherever you get it. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, whether it be from the music, from the lyrics or, you know, anything. Like, I, I, I try to draw from all of the above. Man. And as far as the conversation I had with with Brett, you have all these all these thoughts in your head when you're when you're picking a subject to write about or what you're, you're inspired to write about, but you have to be very concise with your words because a song is only three to five minutes long. Right. How do you filter that through and able to be concise and get your point across what you want to convey? You got to sit with it, man. You got to sit with it. You got to sit with it. Cause, cause when you first write a song, I, I, I've never written a song and just had it be like a three minute song off the bat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've never, never done that. It's always like some seven minute monstrosity that you have to like, you know, hone into like these little sections here. You got to sit with songs 
and then you let them grow, you know, you let them become what they're going to become, you know, but you gotta, you put it all out on the table first, you know, it's like anything, like you gotta get all the ingredients together first. And then you decide to cut it up. You're going to bake this and cook this and let this be this and move this over here and find space for the arrangement and all that. But like put it on the table first, you know, I, I've never had, but I've never had like a three minute just like hit off, my, off the top of my head. You know? When you're observing things or when you're going through things, do you hear the song instantly? Do you feel the lyrics instantly or how does that process for you go? Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's immediate, you know, it depends on the environment, right? Like if, if I'm at home and I'm just contemplating things, it'll hit me right away. But like, if you're on tour and you're just like tired because you're just going and going and going, you may not have time to like process all that, you know? Um, but yeah, sometimes it does. Sometimes it hits me in these moments where like, like I'm like waking up and just, I just feel it, you know, and it just, it turns into whatever I need it to be. You ever find that some songs or some ideas that you have are harder to pull out of you, or maybe that's not the right phrase, maybe harder to be concise with what you want to get across. It can, it can be, sometimes it can be like that. I, I think that's when you, you, you stop and you, you let it go, man. You let, you let the song, you let the song, you set, step back and let the song just like breathe a little bit and then you let it be. And sometimes you may not come back to it for years. Sometimes it'll be right away, you know, but like when you, when it gets to that point where you're having a hard time conveying what you want to say, you're trying too hard to get out. Those, those kind of songs when you're forcing them, they don't, they don't always turn out the best, you know, it's better just like leave it, let it sit, you know, but yeah, you find those for yourself those moments all the time though, where you're just like stuck. <laughs> you don't know what, yeah. So you're trying to say, you can't find the words to say it, or it's just not fitting right in this section of the song, you know, you got to like, let it breathe. You try to hard, too hard to make it happen, man. It's going to come out for us. You don't want that. In those moments when you are creating, are you the type of artist that can, that can write music, under any conditions, you know, or do you have to have a certain place to be creative? I've talked to artists where, you know, they've said I can be on a battlefield and tune everything out and get the melody arrangement, the lyrics without any problem. And there's other artists that have to be in a certain atmosphere, or a certain room for them to actually feel that creation. Yeah, I'm too ADHD for like <laughs> all the distractions. You know, I can't do it. I can't. No, it's too much stuff going on, man. I can't do it. I, I like to be in an environment that that promotes wanting to write music that like pulls out creativity. You know, if I'm if I'm in chaos, I'm just gonna get distracted by shiny things. That's just not not good for my career. So, <laughs> so you know, I gotta I, I I go to like I could be in the studio, man, and writing or in a quiet place where I know I'm like away from things and I can write. You know, as far as creating goes, and as far as your career goes, as you just mentioned. You know, you yeah. just mentioned this is, you know, your second number one song that, off this album. This album has really been a big, giant step for you, too, as you've kind of emerged from that class of new rock and new modern rock. When you have this success happen, when you measure success at so at the early part of your career like it is now, what do you determine to be your definition of success? Success, um, it's it's... It's whatever is right for you, man. Like whatever makes your heart go, man. That's what success is. It's like, you know, I know a lot of cats back home that are just playing day to day. They play these like gigs at night and like jams and things like that. They get by working a job and like playing music on the side. And for them, that's success because that's all they want in life, you know. Um, and so it's whatever that you set out for yourself. I really think for me, you know, as successful as I may be, I still have a lot more things I want to accomplish. I know it's like really early on to to put kind of like 
you know, be thinking about more as I'm, as I'm like, you know, when I was being sprinkled and showered with abundance of, of, of great things happening in my life, but I still want more, you know, I want, I want, I want a lot more. And uh, I think my measurement of success will be when I've achieved all the, the facets of, of my art career um, and they're all happening at the same time. I think that's when I'll be, I feel the most successful, you know, but I feel pretty good right now though, man. I'm doing all right. You know, like I'm doing, I got, I got some hits under my belt. Um, I got, you know, I'm, I'm on tour. I'm constantly traveling over us and Europe and the world, you know, playing my music and uh, you know, I can't complain, you know, it's gotta be a big deal to open up for guns and roses too, as well. I mean, the rock legend. Yeah. All famers. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, it, what's funny, you know, this is the second time we'll, we'll be opening for these cats. Uh, and the first time was in, it was it's so funny. It actually, it's all full circle because the first time was like, I was like an independent artist and uh, they had, they were on tour with, uh, it was, it was, World Blood was on tour with, uh, <laughs> with, with Guns N' Roses. And uh, we opened for World Blood, you know, and Guns N' Roses had, was the, was the closer man you know and so this is the second time i'm doing it but this time as like a an artist an actual like major artist and like you know i've seen duff and in, in france and stuff and we did we shared we shared a stage with them in france at health fest uh but i think that i think that this one is it's kind of it's, it's a little more sweet you know it's gonna be a little more sweet this time especially for my hometown crowd um yeah it feels pretty good yeah for sure i mean when you think about what you just said that you were an independent artist the last time you were shared the stage with yeah. you here you yeah. are now with this big album that you've had and, and the success that keeps building for you. It it has to, I mean, when you walk into that arena where they're playing and, and, and you walk onto that stage and you know that Guns N' Roses is the headliner and where you came from, you know, a few years back, like you said, that's got to be incredibly sweet and it's got to be also a bit of a measuring stick for you too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could say that. I mean, I, I, um, I think that I'm, I'm moving a million miles an hour right now. And it's like, there's no time to process any of it for now because the next thing's right behind it. Like the day after I play that show, I'm going straight to, to Paris, you know, it's like ready for my next, my next headline show and do a bunch of promo over there before I, I, I play a couple of shows, you know? So it's, it's a, <laughs> it's a wild time, you know? So like, I think at some point I'm stopped and slowed down. It happens like all the time. Like my wife would tell you, she'd be like, just, you know, the moment of quiet, everything's, you know, the rock stars are put away for now. <laughs> and then I'm just like, oh my God, what I did, you know. <laughs> my wife's laughing at me. She's like, that was like three weeks ago, bro. <laughs> you know, but I'm going one mile a minute, though, you know. How do you stay in the moment? You know, a person like yourself who's very creative, who has ideas, always wants to go after the next thing, right? I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, by the time you're you're done with the album, the album sits for a while before it's released, and then you've got the tour, and you've been sitting with these songs for quite a bit now. How do you stay present with this music and not start to think beyond it while, while you're touring and while you're performing these songs? I mean, that's kind of the key. I don't know, man. You know, and, but, but, the moment for you, for most artists, I think comes when it's performance time. Like that's, there's nothing more about being in the moment than performing for someone, you know, because you're, you're in these two worlds of like, you know, <laughs> the same time I'm playing for you, I'm thinking about like, what am I going to do for dinner after, after the show, you know, <laughs> but that's because you've gotten to this point where like, it's just so natural for you to stay in this moment and give these people what they want, you know, and, and live this other version of yourself in front of people, you know? So I don't know, playing music is, is how you stay in the moment, you know, because that's, that's, that's like, for, out of all the things that, that you do as an artist, you travel all the time. I think I travel 
85% more than I play music. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's most of the music I play is, is after I've, I've traveled, you know, seven or eight hours to get to a show or like it took me a week to get here or three weeks to get there. You know, it's like, that's, I do more traveling than playing. So when I get to play on that stage, that's like me living the person that this is all about, you know, the person that all this travel and like these logistics and all these things that that person is, is giving you why these things exist around them, you know? That's a, that's the moment. That's the moment for sure. Are you a person that likes to create on the road? Uh, sometimes I like to be careful. I, I like to try to rest though more than anything. You know, I'm a pretty hyperactive kid, so I want to be out in bars and hanging out and meeting people. And I get FOMO, so I need to like slow down. And I try to keep it easy these days. You know, like try if I if I get a moment of inspiration for a song, then I'll I'll definitely like tag it. You know, write it down for later, but. You know, I try to rest, man. I try to take it easy while I'm out here and focus on the shows day by day. You know, this album came out in June. It's been well received. It's helped grow your audience. When you're putting something like this together, there's there's the hope, and then there's the reality, right? You try not to get yeah. too far ahead of yourself with hope, right? And you also know the landscape of music right now, which is the reality. When you start to see an album like this gain momentum and and reach people that it didn't before that you didn't before and really resonate and connect with people and that hope then becomes a reality what's that like for you knowing that what you created and what you started from scratch is being received well and and and, and people like listening to it um it's 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 very validating you know it's like you you spend your whole life working on trying to get to this point where you can release your music and put it out to a wide audience and like knowing that it's happening and you've seen it in front of you, it's very, very validating. You know, it's validating. It's always, and it's always kind of surprising too, you know, because I'm in a stage where people, people are starting to recognize me more and more and, and see my, one of my faces out there or at the very least recognize my music. But it's almost like, you know, I always say like things like hitting number one, for instance, it's like, it's, a, it's like a bomb hitting, you know, like, and it's slowly spreading. It's like very slowly spreading out, but like, but something like that happens is there's an episode where it happens, which is like the industry itself, like radio and the podcast and the news industry kind of gets gets a hold of it first. And then the general public starts to get it, you know. And so, um, you know, as you're seeing yourself grow and, and do all that stuff, man, it's um, it's very humbling, you know. I bet. Yeah, because, you know, as well as anyone does. And, you know, I've interviewed a lot of younger artists on this podcast. It's kind of what our platform is. And knowing that you're having success which is so harder these days especially with the style of music that you're playing because it's not mainstream like it used to be and it's slowly getting there and there's moments of it right but for the most part it's just kind of been a forgotten genre it's hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I, I use my son who's 18 as a gauge, right? So when I hear him listening to something and his friends listening to something, I know it's connecting because that's really yeah. what you need to concentrate on is the younger generation. I mean, right. I, I, I'm almost 50. So at this point, it's like they don't care about my demographic, right? They want a younger audience to grow with. But you know the difficulties and the challenges of all the bands and the artists like yourself that face that are faced with these days. And when you are able to penetrate and get success, like you said, it's got to be sweet. It's got to be validating, but it's also got to be a moment where there is a, a, a constant fear of what could happen if you don't keep going, right? If you don't get the validation, because there's a lot of artists that put out a lot of great stuff that don't get that validation. Yeah. How do you, how do you kind of, look at the landscape and rock music and the genre that you're, that you're playing and the, the tours that you're on and, you know, one side be thankful, the other side know that you got to apply the same amount of work each time you go out and create. Uh, you know, I don't know. I think of it that way. You know, I, I think at a certain point you start to live the, the, the person you want to be, you know, and if you're living in that in that that headspace, these things kind of just happen. This is what they're supposed to be, and this is how how it's supposed to be. Now, the difficulty doesn't isn't so much about how do you keep showing up. It's about taking care of yourself enough to show up, you know, uh, because you've already trained yourself to get there. You trained yourself to do that. That's why it's happening for me now. But it keeps continues to happen for me because now I've I've found out what it takes to make it happen, you know. And I've, I've that's become more more natural process for me to be that person, you know. The harder part about that is, I guess, is, is to consistently stay that person. You know what I'm trying to say? And allow yourself to grow at the same time because you need to, you know. So I think for me, it's just a matter of, you know, reminding myself that the thing that got me here is still really relevant, you know. And I need to continue to work at my craft and my skill and continue to dream and, and, and think up new ways to be an artist for the audiences that want to hear me, you know. Especially, especially the younger generation, like you said, by the way, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big one, you know, yeah. a big one there. That's uh, I think that's an often overlooked genre or, or demographic of people in rock. It's like what, what these young kids need to, to grow with you, you know, because that's where your career is at. It's like you said, you know. Yeah. And it's always nice to have the relationship with my son. Who's like, Hey, check this out. Listen to this. This is a really good band. This is a really good artist. And, and, you know, you nine times out of ten, I enjoy what he listens to too, as well. 
there's also like you spoke about is that personal growth and evolution of yourself, which then translates into the art form, right? Um, very few artists and bands can be ACDC, where ACDC comes out with ACDC every album. It sounds fantastic, but not a lot of artists can master that and do that and keep going at that, you know, with with, with the style of music they have. There's a lot of creative evolution. There's a lot of personal growth. When you're creating, how do you stay on that path that you want to be on with all the evolution that's happening with you as a person and all the growth that's happening with with you as a person. Man, you give yourself grace. That's all you can do. You know, that's all you can do is give yourself the grace for it. You know, you don't, you don't know how you have, there's no handbook for this stuff, man. <laughs> you know, there's no, no one sitting there teaching how to do it. I, I lean on people that have been here before, but I don't, you know, I don't know, man. You know, like I just, you just like kind of take it as it comes. Like no one, no one, that's the thing about it, man. It's, it's, especially for someone like myself, it's happened so fast for me. And like, and kind of, you know, they say overnight success. There are there are things that do happen overnight. You know, um, your success is isn't necessarily an overnight thing, but there are things that do happen overnight. And there's no real way to mentally prepare yourself for that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like if I if I just I just took you and, and plastered your face all over like cable news, the next day you're going to be like massively famous. You know, people don't know even if it's for like short amount of time, people are going to know your face everywhere for a massive for a short amount of time. You know, so like and like that's a hard man. That's hard for anybody's mentality to wrap themselves around. So I don't know, when you just take it day by day, you got to keep showing up and just remind yourself that this is your identity, though. This is your artist, and this comes with the territory that you ask for. You're getting it, you know. How do you stay in front of people? Because that's really the name of the game these days, right? Because everyone's attention span is so short. You know, what's what's great on Friday is forgotten by Monday, pretty yeah. much. And you've got to stay in front of your audience. How do you do that? I really rely on, like, like like true-to-form word of mouth, man. You know, I, I really do. I rely on that. I mean, like, the social media stuff, that's all good and fine, but, like, I think showing up and showing people who you are as an artist live in front of like an in person is the best way to keep people talking. And so I've stayed on the road, man. I've stayed on the road. I've just kept playing. And, and you know, for me, it's been keep putting out records. You got to keep up a pretty good pace with these records these days because people at least a single or something because people, they, they lose it just pretty quick, you know? And so um, just learning how to like release music in a timely way, continue to be a recording artist. You know, every, every day that I wasn't on tour, um, I was at their home for a short amount of time. Or I was in the studio and working on my craft, you know, and, and like and writing a record. Like between then, I released a record in twenty one, and then I released a record again in twenty the beginning at the, at the middle of this year, you know, which is like you know basically two years, almost a year and a half, two years, right? So like you know that that means that I, in the, the midst of touring, which I've been doing since my first record came out, I found a way to get in the studio and record and release a brand new record. And without stopping touring, released a new record and started a new tour for another record, you know, like, so you got to just keep that, keep it going, man. Just keep keep that persistently being in people's frequency, frequently show up in their lives, you know. It's powerful what you said too about word of mouth, because I think that's a forgotten uh, medium of how people find yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. Because people are, when they see someone in concert and they see someone perform and they go, or they hear a song, uh, wherever it is, and they, and they connect with it, they connect with a performance, they connect with a song, with a song, they're going to go tell as many people as they can because they're so, right. And that's really the, the, the whole beautiful thing about music is we find songs that speak for how we're feeling or speak to an experience we had. And when you connect with that, you want to tell everybody, oh, you got to check this song. It was a great song. You got to check this artist out. You got to check out Aaron Jones. And I think sometimes when people find 
someone on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram or whatever, yes, there's a there's a a, a connection there, but are they more apt to share it with their friends of what they see on social media versus that emotional connection they get when they're actually listening to the song or seeing a performance? And I think, yes, social media has taken over, right? It is the it is the way of the world these days, but if if an artist like yourself can get that word of mouth base going, you know, where people are just sharing and talking, that means so much to a young artist because it is so valuable because those people who are, who are talking about you will talk about you forever. Right. Yeah, man, exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what you, you really want that to happen, especially with like, like you said, with the younger audience, you want to, like, I, I remember bands, you know, like Blink-22 and I remember Green Day and I remember, you know, uh, the the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all these people who are now like c- continue to have these hits that are stuck in our hearts and minds, you know, because they they did a really good job of, of connecting with this young generation of kids who who grew up with them now, you know, and so you that, that's who you are as an artist in this age for some kid right now, you know, it's like you're you're the soundtrack of their childhood, and it's important for you to try to connect with them, you know. That's why, like, like when I hear a song from my youth now music is a time machine it's able to bring yeah. you back to that moment that you had forgotten about or that you had experienced and a song can bring you to a different place immediately and that's yeah that's the beauty of the art form absolutely man absolutely what's some of the experiences that you were not prepared for with growing in in your success and growing in your popularity um I just think the popularity itself was something I wasn't quite prepared for. You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I, I've been pretty popular in my hometown for a number of years, you know, like recognized on the street by a lot of people. But I think that this level of things was something that happened pretty abruptly, too, right? It, it just, like, the popularity went from sitting on my couch during the pandemic to I'm seeing my name posted by Joe Rogan, you know. <laughs> so, you know, so, like, and that's that's how my life was. I mean, and in that instance... Even even though it was just a blip in time, I was on several thousands of people's consciousness, and like that built my career to this point. And then these things kept kind of happening that way, and so I've gotten to this point now where, you know, I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, it's like it just is. It's gone. It's it's. I've stopped thinking about it so much, and it's still happening. You know, and so um, it's just like no one no one really prepares you for that part of things. You know, and like the amount of attention you're going to get, um, or the amount of or, or people wanting things from you, or you know. Just being seen as a superhero of people that don't even know you, you know, like that. No one, no one could prepare you for that. You know. Are you a person that likes to reflect and look back at where you've come from, or are you more concerned about moving forward in the future? Um, you know, I'm. I'm not. I try to stay present, like we talked about earlier. You know, like just trying to stay. I try to stay present with it. I can definitely reflect and look back and. And uh, and be thankful for where I came from, and like know that where I'm at now is a big deal, you know. But like, I don't know. Like, you start doing it enough, like I, 150 shows in two years, like 300 or so shows, you know. Like, then you look at yourself and you go, like, there's no time to be looking back, you know. You're in it right now, and, and then this thing now that you start to look back, you know, it's been a few years of this now. And now that you start to look back, like now this is the normal thing, you know. And so, it's uh, it's hard to say, man. You can look back and I can appreciate where I came from, but also like my memories are starting to be inundated with these large, massive crowds in front of me too. You know, it's like, I think I'm starting to become something different now, you know. 
have you ever been overwhelmed or just taken aback by the amount of people that you're playing in front of or the, or the people, you know, connecting with you while you're performing? A couple of times, man. Yeah, a couple of times. I, um, I opened for Deep Purple in a Roman Coliseum in South France once. Uh, I opened for um, the Rolling Stones in front of like 60,000 people in, in Paris. That was a like overwhelming crowd, you know. It happens every now and again, you know. I'll get these really, really big crowds, and then seeing that the, the, the festival crowds get bigger and bigger too—that's pretty cool. Got to be amazing opening up for those artists too, as well, like the Rolling Stones. And you know, the Rolling Stones are have always been known as taking out young bands mm-hmm. that they like personally, like right. I mean, I don't yeah. think I don't think the Stones are one of those bands that allows a promoter to tell them you know, who they should have opening up for them. I think the stones tell the promoter that. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the, that's an honor to have them want you to perform. And, you know, sure. Absolutely. I think so too, man. I, it was an honor. It was very, it was very like one of this, a lot of different emotions at one time because you don't, you don't prepare yourself for those things, but those are, those are really overwhelming crowds. Though. When you're seeing that many people standing out in front at one time, it's a big deal. Big deal. You mentioned the tours and the amount of shows that you've been playing. For you, what's the grind been like? I mean, what did you learn most about yourself doing the grind of all these shows that you've been doing over the last few years? Oh, I'm sorry. Ask, ask the question one more time. What, what's the grind been like for you? Oh, the grind, yeah. Um, over the last few years with all these shows that you've been been performing. Yeah, the grind. It's been it's had ups and downs. You know, it's been it's definitely been there have been tough days, hard days. There have been like it can be, it'd be pretty exhausting at times. You know, I mean, it's been it's been hard work. You know, it's been a grind. But there's some really cool moments though that exist in all that too, you know. So, um, you know, there I, it's like life. I think I don't know. There's not I can't call it one way or the other. Sometimes there are days when you're just like on top of the world. Other days you're just like beat up and tired and like you wonder when you're gonna get a break, you know. But it's all all been positive though. You know, you can't complain. Like it's all been positive. All the positive, cool stuff. And uh, but it's like definitely I've learned, I had to learn a lot of lessons about taking care of myself. You know, like trying to make sure that my body and mind are, are healthy enough to keep going and do what I'm doing every day. Um, taking care of my voice is a, is a whole other thing too. Like, you know, at this level of the game, you really got to be able to like take care of your voice every day and do 30 shows in, in two months or something like that. You know, like you just got to really work hard, you know? So it's been good though. It's been good. I've heard that touring is all about survival, right? Surviving the tour Yeah. in terms of, like you said, your health, your mind, all that stuff. Cause when you can get on the road and, and you're not home for a long period of time and you're in a different city every other night, it can be overwhelming. How do you maintain that, that peace within yourself? Uh, I go home, hopefully, <laughs> you know, I call home and talk to my friends. I'll talk to people that knew me before all this stuff happened. And that kind of helps refresh me a little bit, you know, and they give me a little boost and keep me uplifted. You know, I call my wife and my kids just to remind me, like I have a regular life at home at some point I can, I can kind of go back into my regular life, you know, and just remember that, like, this isn't forever, you know. It's not. It's it's daunting sometimes, you know, being, being as tired as you get out here. Um, but you know, just knowing I got people, like real people at home, and, and things to look forward to when I get back, you know, that, that's that's kind of helpful as well. As you move forward with this album and continued success with it, and the tours and the and the shows that you're doing, what is the future for this record cycle? Is there going to be more touring? in the new year or is it on to the next thing oh we're touring man we're we're gonna keep touring yeah we got we got more stuff to come up and you know as i'm kind of shaping up and trying to prepare myself to get into a headline role 
um, you know, we're going to keep, keep touring. We're going to keep it coming, man. Keep the music growing and help build the sound and work on some new sounds and all sorts of stuff to make this live show even bigger than it already is. You know, so like that's that's kind of my, my uh, that's my focus. As far as the road goes, and and what's been your favorite place to play? My favorite place to play? Oh man, I have lots of favorites. I can't I can't call one man. Uh, I like I like to travel. Paris has been a city that I, I I was surprised that I would be. If you you know you talk about looking back and and uh, reminiscing on the days of old, if you would have told me as an indie artist like you would be like in Paris all the time and have friends in like community in Paris and like things like that, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't believe. But I do. I have I have like music friends and and people that uh, I I look to for. Uh, I don't know, like my community. I have like family and friends out there in France and Paris. And I think that's probably a surprising place for me. So that's always fun. I get to go out there. Yeah, it's wild where this road takes you, right? I mean, this journey is so, there's so much unknown about the journey. And it's like you said, you try to have to stay, you have to stay present because you yeah. never know where this journey is going to lead to you and, and, and enjoy what's happening that what's in front of you. You know, I, I often oh, give yeah. advice to people stay where your feet are, right? or live where your feet are and you know, stay present, stay, stay where you're at and not think about too much about the past and too much about the future. Yeah. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the thing of the game. It's like staying in this moment right now, and especially when you have so much work in front of you, like that, that's overwhelming thought, you know, but like taking it day by day and just like really trying to take in where you're at. That's the key. What was the most challenging thing about making this record? Um, just trying to get it done in the time that I'm still like touring, I think, and as hard as I was, that was the most challenging part because that, that really, it took a lot of time away from being home and I was already tired as it was. And instead of going home, I was going to like Nashville to go work in a studio every day. And it was hard work, man. It was a reminder of how, how hard you got to work to be on top. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Aaron, it's been a blast talking with you and chatting with you. Thank yeah, you very much for the time. I do appreciate getting to know you and, and learning more about you. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. Everyone, that is Aaron Jones. The new album is Chronicles of the Kid. that has been out since June. Go get it. Go listen to it and go share it. It's a great album. And, uh, man, continued success to Aaron. I'm Jay Scott. This is another episode of the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock me podcast. Take care of each other. Stay safe. And we will talk soon. Thank you. cry on the day she died she couldn't stand the tears but i could feel the cold wind blow like a ghost inside the mirror i couldn't pray on the day he died for a man i never knew i washed these sins on down the river Say a prayer for my mother, a quiet tear for my father, and nothing gonna save me. There's blood in the water. I pray for forgiveness. Let the Lord be my witness. Ain't nothing gonna save me. There's blood in the water.
out of a ruthless man Let the truth be told Everyone's got their cause to bear It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.